Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, we're back. Another edition of Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry filling your weekend up with the greatest movies of all time. Uh, talking about uh, a couple of movies that came out this week. And I've got a surprise topic for Chuck that I'm not going to reveal just yet, Chuck. Uh, but I do want to point out to you, and I don't know if you realize this. We're bringing Chuck Curry right now. We are in the midst of our 302nd podcast episode. We passed the 300 threshold a couple episodes ago. How does it feel? 300. We've been doing it. Since 2016 in this format. How many uh, days of my life is this, Mike? Well, it's a full year of days. That's for sure. Right. So Ooh, almost a full year. Um, a it's been a, it's been quite a journey. Let's just put it at that. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, you had a good week. You're refreshed and ready to go. No, I'm pretty burnt out, but I, let's do it. <laughs> well, I did get a chance to see. Get uh, Nope. I almost called it get out because it's directed by Jordan Peele. Um, he always has a difficult time uh, naming his movies, but I did see. Nope. Well, before I review it, how's it going to do at the box office? Uh, it it's, looks like it's going to uh, land uh, pretty nice on his feet, about forty five million dollars. First three days. It's a good opening weekend considering the film's rated R. I mean, his popularity has surged tremendously. I mean, the critics certainly are rooting for him. A lot of the bloggers like his stuff. I, I, I didn't see it yet, so I can't comment, but I have spoke to at least five people and all five are on the negative side. Well, let me, let me take over there since I did get a chance to see it this week on IMAX and uh, the movie is definitely IMAX. not the sum of its parts. There are some very good stuff uh, in it. There is some, it's well directed. The guy knows how to use a camera, knows how to uh, block a scene and knows how to scare an audience. There's no doubt about that. But ultimately the problem with this film is there's like three different movies going on at the same time and none of them really mesh together to make any amount of sense. And when you do figure out and the reveal is of what they're actually dealing with in this uh, in this ranch in California, uh, it, it's kind of a I don't want to say it's a bummer, but it's kind of just falls flat as to this is what the whole movie's about. And I think that takes away from your enjoyment level. It just basically it turns into Jaws in the sky at some point in the really? film with some of the characters actually channeling uh, a Hooper or a Brody or a Quint along the way. There's some great stuff. He really knows what he's doing. What's some, great? Tell me what is uh, the scores really good. The scares okay. are really good. Um, there's a side story that's very creepy about a monkey on a TV set that goes berserk. And you're wondering, the problem is it's creepy. It, it, it's very effective. But at the same time, at the end of the movie, you're like, did it need to be in this movie? And does it make any sense for this movie? In a, in a roundabout way, you could probably make the argument that it does. But that side story is very creepy and done very well. Um, the performances are real good, too. But none of the actors, you really root for them all too much. Um, uh, the lead actor who was also in Get Out uh, is very internal. So I know you're not going to like him too much in it, Chucky. Uh, but it it it, it, it has, there's a side character named Angel who's very good. He's a tech guy at, at a uh, electronic store that helps them try to capture the aliens that are in the sky, which is basically what you're watching a alien invasion movie, or at least you think you are for the majority of the movie. Um, again, it's what not genre bad. Is this? What, what genre is this? It's a science fiction genre horror movie. It's definitely, is it a, is it, but is it a horror movie? 
It is. It is a horror movie. Yeah, there's some good scares to it and there's some effective stuff to it. I'm not going to lie to you. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you're watching. You're like, well, this is all it is. I mean, OK, uh, I, I guess that's kind of cool. Uh, it doesn't have that. It doesn't land like Get Out lands, you know, like at the end, you're like, all right, I was fulfilled. The story makes sense. Boom. They He stuck the landing here. It's like, OK, this is the story he wanted to tell. He, he told it well enough, I guess. But there's no it doesn't really resonate when you're and I told my daughter I was talking to her about after I'm like this isn't a movie you're going to remember 10 20 30 years down the road is it a me, serviceable horror sci-fi movie yeah there's some good stuff in it but it's definitely okay. nothing that's going to make the world spin on its access question and, and then another question my my first question would be fair comparison to make his three film career a comparison to M Night Shalaman, the, the he feels like that. The, the way the, the style, way it's very stylized, like especially this, this one. This way, but the way the way he's he's okay. This forty five million dollar opening weekend, right, will be the biggest opening weekend for a non uh, non sequel, non franchise property since COVID, right? And when M Night Shalaman, especially early in his career, was releasing films, people were always excited because he was different. He was doing something different. He was known for the twist. Yeah. Uh, and, and and that's really what bit him ultimately because yeah, he just he got out of hand he, because he would develop a twist he, first and then make the movie. Wrote, right. And then make the movie. And you can't, after a while, like it's like you, you start to see right through that. So um, I think for me, I, the way I watch Jordan Peele direct as opposed to M. Night, Jordan Peele does ne never feels like he's smarter than the audience. And that's what I like about his direction, where M. Night always tried to show off without, you know, how with the twists, especially and the certain camera angles. I feel Jordan Peele has a love for cinema and movie making. And there's a lot of nods like the, the ranch that these these people live on. They actually train horses for movies and in Hollywood. And that's what their job is. And that's why they're in California. And you could tell right. that he has a certain they, love for the art. Um, M. Night always felt to me like he was a little snobby about, you know, he he knew more than the audience did where Jordan and Jordan Peele actually said, you know, people were comparing him to John Carpenter on Twitter. And he actually sent out a tweet. Please don't ever do that because I'm nowhere near John Carpenter. And I had I gained a lot of respect for him for saying that because, you know, he does channel Carpenter a lot. The 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 the, uh, the 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 set pieces are very comparable to him. The topics that he does, um, and this one does play like signs a little bit. Um, you think it's going to be grand in scope, but it's really not. It really takes place in one valley at one time, and it, it the way the movie starts, you think it's going to be a little bigger and bolder. It's not. It's more of a smaller sci-fi movie than it is on a grand scope of things. Look, it's about a six out of ten. Like I said, oh, it's okay. not. It's not going to move the earth, but I would, you know, I would say you'd probably enjoy it on uh, if you know going in, you know, it's not the good thing is he doesn't really pontificate like he did in his other two movies. Um, it's there's never really much of a, a black or white issue. Um, there's no racial movement in this film. It doesn't seem this is more of a you know what? I'm just want to scare people kind of thing where, you know, get out and and uh, this is us. There's more of a social angle to that, that he really want to get a message out. What would you what would what do you on a scale of one to ten? What do you give get get out? What do you give us? I give, give get this? out probably 
I'd probably give Get Out about an eight and a half out of ten. I really enjoyed that. I, um, I'll give it an eight. I'll give yeah, it an eight. There's and now what for me? I give it four and a half. It's it, to me. I was disappointed. Yeah, this is us. Is is a little uh, heavy handed to say the least. I, I probably it's probably around a five or a six for me. It's okay. Again, it's creepy as hell. The guy knows what he's doing. There's no doubt about. It. I mean, he wrote, produced, and direct. This is all him. And there's some elements in this like, wow, this guy. There's very a lot of J.J. Abrams in it. You could tell that he grew mm-hmm. up in the same era that we did, and he loved the same movies we did, and it comes across in his films. And I think that's why maybe I would like it more than a, a regular, you know, uh, not to say that people don't have their own opinions and rights to them. But how many, how many people were in the audience when you saw the um, film? It was solid. It was. I went to a matinee on a on a now, when Friday the, when the cre- when the credits rolled when the credit when the movie ended when the credits rolled instantaneously. What was what? What do you feel in the theater? Um. I don't know. Some of it seemed like a little bit of a head scratching, like, OK, this is what the movie was kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no grand applause. There was no groans. There was nothing like that. Right. Um, okay. I mean, I've sat in the village and I've yelled at the screen screen halfway through that movie. And there was noticeable groans in that movie, um, along with the happening. I mean, there, he got some backlash for making some bad movies. M. Night Shyamalan. I mean, Jordan, Jordan Peele hasn't made a bad movie yet, per se. Um, I'd like to see him try to tackle something a little more mainstream. Um, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, it's going to make a lot of money. I think it's warranted that his fans, I think, I think he's got talent and here's a guy who is a great duo of a comedy team. He's done some funny stuff on, on, on TV and in the movies. Um, he, he is a five tool athlete per se on the screen. There's no doubt about it. So I think he's got a long career ahead of him. There's, there's no doubt. Okay. And, and, you know, and Key and Peel, I mean, just think about where that TV show is. And both of these guys have very. I know. I mean, it, it, which goes to show you, you never know what a person has until they get the chance to do what they can do. Right. And then, yeah. And, and then they get the chance. Right. They get the chance to right. do the right project. And obviously this guy's got a lot of ideas. And certain. I mean, he did executive produce the Twilight Zone reboot, too. Right. Was that, was that on uh, Paramount Plus? What was that one on? That was on the cbs streaming first right yeah and then and then and then it went and then they called it paramount plus Paramount plus yeah. right so which is which is done now yeah um but d- definitely very talented now i will say the gray man is better and we talked about this uh debate why this movie wasn't a big theatrical movie release it's got the russo brothers directing it's got two big star actors in the leads um with it, ryan gosling and chris evans it's got tremendous and i mean chuck there is a chase scene in Prague in this movie that takes up 20 minutes in the middle of it that is just amazing how what they've done and again I'm watching it on my big screen TV at home uh, as loud as my sound can go imagine what it would have been like in the MyMax okay the problem is the, the, the script's very light it's just a basic uh, espionage thriller action movie where you know one guy's trying to kill another guy for two and a half hours now I will say it is about time, and I've praised about her before, and I've raved about her before. Anna de Armas needs her own action movie where she's the star. Again, she bails out um, Ryan Gosling a lot in this film, much like she did in James Bond. She does a lot of great action, great stunts. She's really attractive, a very heady actress. I love her in this film. She needs her own film um, for herself, and I'm imagining that she eventually will get that where she is bashing some heads on her own. Um I got to tell you, you're going to like Ryan Gosling's character in this film, Chuck, a lot. Um, He's got a little humor to him. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton is his mentor. 
he's got a nice little role in this too. The only downside is, although you could tell Chris Evans is loving life, playing the villain and hamming it up big time. Ultimately, for two and a half hours, he's just miscast. You don't. It just you don't believe Chris Evans at all in this kind of role. Maybe that's that. maybe that's that. because he's been Captain America for so long. Look, he's chewing up the scenery. Don't get me wrong. And there's some funny one liners, but ultimately it's like probably not the right guy for the role. But Gosling can hold his own. I'd like to see him do more action movies like this. This is a good one, Chuck. This is a good solid three star, seven and a half out of ten movie. Probably would have played really well on the big screen and made a hundred million dollars and all that kind of fun stuff. I don't know how many minutes of downloads it's gonna get on Netflix. Probably a lot, but ultimately it won't have the um the legacy of a cinema release that we talk about all the yeah, time. No, good point. Okay, let's bring this up because it feels to me from everything I've read in the field, it feels like they, they, they are just, uh, it feels like a giant turd is landing on Netflix. It really does. Like there's no fanfare for this film. None. The buzz is like mediocre, even though I know some people who say it's like you, they really dug it. It's good. Like, it's really good. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, let's be honest. The Russo brothers know what the heck they're doing. In terms they sure of do. Very, very they good. Sure. They're elite. They are elite, but it just seems ah, like, you know, again, why make a $200 million movie and put it on there? I know why, but like, it, again, uh, you know, the age old saying, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there to hear it, doesn't make a sound. If a, if you make a $200 million movie and you don't put it into a multiplex and have a good opening weekend, is it really a movie? It's a legitimate question. Well, not only that, but, you know, the Chris Hensworths of the world, he's got that extraction movie on Netflix. There was a few action movies over the last two years that have come out, have come and gone on. I mean, Ryan Reynolds uh, released the movie a couple of months ago. It, it just they come and go and, and they're gone. I mean, they're on your queue. You can watch them again on Netflix, but there's no lasting the power. Funny. I just I just read and we'll go over this later about some of the star salaries I was reading. Chris Helmsworth got 20 million for extraction too. 20 million. Yeah. I mean, come on. The check clears. I, I understand why they're doing this stuff. I mean, Ryan Gosling probably, you know, held his nose when he did this, knowing, you know, it's not going to be a theatrical lease, but they're going to pay me probably $20 million. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I got to tell you, too, Chuck, and I know you, you've never really been a huge fan of him, but me. He looks great, I heard. He looks great. He's really good in this. I, you know, I liked La La Land. You weren't as big a fan, but uh, I love that movie, Crazy, Crazy Stupid Love with Steve Carell, um, that the nice guys with, uh, with a Russell Crowe guy, yeah. Ryan Gosling can do more than just take his shirt off in these movies. I, I find him very appealing on the big screen. And this shows him in a role that he hasn't really done yet. Uh, a beefy action hero. And he fights a lot. He jumps a lot. He runs a lot. And I'm telling you, you got for that scene in Prague alone. It's a, it's a Metro train cars, uh, missiles. I mean, it, 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 the, the Russo brothers really knocked it out of the park for that 20 minute scene. Um, and, and the movie holds up all around it, too. I don't want to just say that that's the best but you part. Know what? It was what is interesting. The debate we're having, the conversation we're having about this concept about huge budgeted movies on streaming. Time will tell. History will be written. And I think this debate will rage over the next few years because I do as more people go back to theaters. I think more people, and I'm not a cinephile. Like, you know, there's a cool thing called cinephile. And there's certain people only want to watch 35 millimeter in a the theater. I love, you know, digital downloads, high definition projection. I love it. Like, I, I don't, that stuff, you know, is it, it, apples and oranges. You no, know, it's, I like both, right? Yeah. But 
but I, I do feel like I just have a gut feeling. It's very strong about this opinion. I just, as more people go back to theaters and get comfortable in theaters, which you see they're doing, the only issue now in theaters is, is there enough product in the consistent pipeline for it get completely back to normal pre-COVID? But popcorn movies, it is normal. It's gone back to normal. Yeah. So I just think it feels... It just feels like a giant waste of time, space, and energy to produce movies on a scale that they're producing for streaming networks that a lot of people simply they won't care about. It is. I just think if you got no, if you're not, if you don't get into the wave of the marketing, right? If you don't get into the wave of the marketing and the juice and the excitement, and the buildup and the anticipation that real movie fans have and they've had forever. It's just not well. It's it's like you said too. The only uh, buzz the that catches that need. the only huh? buzz that catches on streamings is usually series, right? Is usually right. just you know, like it's not, yeah, and that's great. Like that's that. what it's and, I, and I, I'm I'm a hundred percent behind that stuff. Cobra yeah. Kai, you know, all, all that all that stuff, the binge series, binge watching series. I'm a hundred percent for it, but I just think you know these and you know these agents are telling these actors. You know, like Dwayne Johnson and, and Gal Gadot now has done it. And, yeah. uh, you know, with Red Notice, I didn't even see Red Notice. I got to be honest, don't care. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's another one. That's a good example. Think. Another one. Yeah. The yeah. Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Is uh, anybody in a year or two going to say, boy, you remember that Red Notice? No. Nope. No, of course not. Um, now, yeah. maybe having said that, maybe I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they, maybe they, you know, they do test screenings of these films and, and they just, feel they deem them ah you know what the reaction's not amazing so we're not going to put in a theater could be i mean red, you know red notice from all accounts it's an okay watch it's still, yeah yeah right? but i mean still with that star power you should be able to make a hundred million dollars with just an okay movie with those i mean especially i mean even this movie with gosling and, me, and chris okay, evans last, last, last uh, log on the fire in this conversation let's revisionist history let's go back a few months let's say paramount said you know what we're not going to release Maverick Top Gun in a movie theater, and we're going to put it on the Paramount Plus network. Yeah, tell me what. Tell me how that plays out. It does not become a cultural uh, phenomenon. It does not. Not even and that's, close. That's what not, it does. Not, not even, even close. close. You're right. That's a good point. You're absolutely right. Um, but you could also argue if there wasn't two years of COVID and this movie came out two years ago, would it have land stuck the landing like it did now? Is it just that we needed that kind of movie right now to bring us back to that time? And place. I don't know well, pre-COVID if that movie's yeah, I released. I, I do agree that that uh, the, all the stars aligned in the right place, which you wouldn't have thought. I mean, we both said as you know, the, like the week before it came out and started getting buzz. You know, we started getting more excited. But initially, I, I was like, you know, Top Gun Maverick, thirty-something years later, is this generation going to care? I am perplexed in a good way that the movie's been a huge smash. Word of mouth, gotta see it hit. Like I did no. not see that coming. No, but it, I'm it, glad it did. And, and like I said, I, really a, a cultural phenomenon in in a time it, where it a doesn't happen. But there is a different. But there is a different feeling, and we know this because we've experienced this many times. There is such a different feeling from uh, a hundred plus uh, audience crowd walking out of Top Gun Maverick, buzzing about something that they really enjoyed, telling the person next to him boy wasn't that really good and yeah. then you know high-fiving their their buddy or 
you know, telling the girlfriend, let's go see this again versus watching a movie on on, on streaming with versus, no fanfare. Versus me finishing in the movie and going out and mowing the lawn. <laughs> right. And, yeah. And, and, and that's really what happens. Uh, you're right. There's no now. Uh, I, I, I wanted to tell you, and I'm sure you probably watched it by now, attached to the mm-hmm. Get Out. Uh, I called it Get Out Again. Nope trailer such a horrible name for a movie nope um mm-hmm. they, they did tag halloween ends the trailer to it the teaser yeah, for talk the, about it i mean chuck i gotta be honest with you i talk about fatigue and weariness for this series now even looking at jamie lee curtis uh, they call it halloween ends this better be the end and this trailer plays like to me it played like freddy versus jason i mean this is just these two beating the crap at each other uh, is this what the 90 minutes is that what we're supposed to look forward to i i suppose that's what we want well, let, let, let me i i don't i didn't read a lot of spoilers but they did a couple test screenings last week right and there was somebody told me about one of the reactions and it said i don't know how true this is that a lot of the movie is going to focus on, I don't know. Again, I'm just spec. I don't know. Cause I don't know, but this is what I heard. A lot of the movie will speculate, uh, will uh, be focused on Jamie Lee Curtis daughter character right. in the film. And Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't pop up a lot until the last act. Oh boy. And then, and, you know, and goes mano we mano with Michael. Now, if that's true, let's just say hypothetically, that's true. I mean, didn't they pay her? Like, is, is she so jaded? Uh, from this franchise after the, the first one that she said stipulated, I don't, I don't want to make much of an appearance in the second and third film. Um, I, I don't, that would be, but I mean, you tell me, what do you think is going to happen here at the end of this film? Will they kill Laurie Strode? They probably both will die. I would believe. I mean, I, I did Michael and her or who the hell knows, Chuck. I mean, the last one was such a mess to begin with about when uh, the, the whole Anthony Michael Hall character that to me, this has been an unnecessary trilogy from the start um it's great to see her back in the role but this is not the laurie strode we grew up on the series should have ended when she chopped the guy's head off in h2o that was it that was the pinnacle of the series for me since then it hasn't been good i despite despite the late 90s version that were okay i did enjoy those but uh, this was it's just been and this concoction uh, from these guys, uh, I just I, I can't get into it. I can't. I'm sorry. And, and I, the pre I, and the I preview. I mean, I, I actually, she looks tired, yeah. right? It just looks like we're doing this again. Yeah, a little. But having said that, I think the trailer is effective enough for you know the base is going to want to see the movie. It's gonna it's gonna people are going to show up. How, how much but smaller this base has got to be? Getting. It's Halloween. They're going to show up. Huh? This, this base has got to be getting smaller and smaller now. This fan base, though, Chuck. I mean, it can't. They're not expanding the fan base. They're not. They're playing to their core P1 fan base, and that's it. How are they getting new people to come get an eye on Michael Myers here? They're not bringing in a 70-year-old Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, I I, I don't know. To me, this played out and played out over and over and over again. We know that. We know that. Uh, A couple other interesting trailers. Dungeons and Dragons looks like absolute crap from Chris Pine. That's Speaking of absolute crap, both of you, both of you, you and I both watch Rob Zombie's The Monsters trailer. Holy God, what are they thinking about, Chuck? Who's going to want to see this? Well, it's, now it's got a Blu-ray DVD release before the Netflix release. Oh, my God. Now, I, now I heard uh, a few reports that they, they gave Zombie a production budget of $40 million. I cannot, based on what we see in that trailer, it looks like a Nickelodeon film that was shot for a couple hundred thousand. I mean, it looks horrible. Edited by a 10-year-old. 
And forget um, about it. That storyline, a love uh, story. Yeah. Holy, I mean, what, what in the world? Yeah. It goes to show you the disconnect between what we think or what we want and what they give us sometimes. I mean, holy I wouldn't smoke. even think uh, the hardcore Rob Zombie fans is going to be like, what are we, what is he putting out this trek for? I mean, this is not what we sign up for Rob Zombie. This is what he puts out. That doesn't make any sense. I will tell you Shazam Fury of the Gods looks pretty darn good, Chuck. And I was a fan of the original. I didn't think I would like it. Zach Levy, uh, okay. Levy in the we're, role. I, I think this is looking good. We're going to disagree here because this, now you talk about, um, you talk about viewer it's a kids burnout. movie, Chuck. It's a kids movie. All right. You got, Here's the deal. It's a Here's kids a movie. Okay. Did you watch the trailer to Black Adam? That's a joke. That's a mess. Okay. Too. Now he came out at the Comic Con dressed as Black Adam, right? Now I read he is he was paid twenty two million dollars plus a percentage. Okay. He's got amazing clout in the industry. Here's a deal. The Black Adam trailer did nothing for me. No. Right? The Shazam trailer. Honestly, not much for me. Now, here's the thing. I, I think, I think, we, we, I, I finally do think we're getting to the point. There's a turn. It's a slight one. Are we, not, we're not, we're not, running out of superheroes? Is that what you're saying? I, I think we're getting to the burnout stage. I, I think we're getting to the burnout stage. Because wow. I, I just think, like, it's just, it's just, too much of this product uh and now we're going now now we're now we're 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 putting on they're putting their hands in the bottom of the well and pulling up yeah these characters and i just think ah we'll see well there's already listen i I still you know i'm still excited it might you know see michael keaton back as batman and flash and, and batgirl that excites me very much like i can't wait to see that right i love batman and I love Michael Keaton as Batman. And I, I would be excited if Henry Cavell, by the way, did not. There was reports that he would come out at uh, Comic-Con on, on the stage. And he did not to announce that he'll be reprise his role as a Man of Steel. Didn't happen. I don't know what's happening there. Like if Henry Cavell, if they announced a standalone Superman movie, I could get excited about that. There's still what stuff about, in the, what about, the uh, that the, me, But some of it, it's like, I don't care. What about the rumored Superman versus Black, Black Adam and Shazam movie that they're talking about maybe making? I don't see how Shazam fits into that universe at all. Do you? Yeah. Well, do you? They can, they can figure out a way. Uh, I can't. You know. How about making? How about making two more really good Man of Steel movies? Yeah. And, and don't have any. You don't need. Just give me. Just give me Superman. Yeah. Just give me Superman and a good villain. I don't need all these. I don't like. They don't need to do all this stuff. Well, any other problem? The other uh, trailer I did see that was actually attached to uh, to the film um, nope was Oppenheimer, which is going to be Christopher Nolan's next movie biopic about the guy who developed the the H bomb. Um, looks like he's going to Dunkirk route here, Chuck, and no fancy confusing storylines, but it does have a great cast: Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, and Killian Murphy in the lead. Um, could be a big epic film for him. Doesn't come out till July twenty first of next year. Um, but again, the cool thing about Nolan is he does promote it as, hey, you got to see it on IMAX because I film it with IMAX um, mm-hmm. cameras. So uh, right. I'm always a fan of Christopher Nolan. No matter how confusing and upsetting his films make me sometimes, the guy definitely knows how to film 
a, a scene better than anybody else does. Doesn't always have the best, most coherent script to deal with, but uh, I'll be first in line to see Oppenheimer, to say the least. So what other movie news you got? Uh, I want to talk about some star salaries. I was reading this stuff. You know, we know Tom Cruise cut a deal. He takes less money up front, more in the back end, so he's going to make more than $100 million for Top Gun Maverick. But I was reading that uh, these actors got big paydays. You know, because I, I was bouncing while I was thinking about the NFL quarterback signing a Kyler Murray, right? $46 million a year. And I was like, when does this – like, I know, listen, I guess I got to be happy for anybody to get a big payday. But sure. I'm like uh, – it's, but it's like there's such a massive, uh, I guess, disconnect in the culture between certain few making just enormous money. And uh, I, I just think Kyler Murray making $46 million a quarterback the Cardinals is like, okay, where does it end? But in terms of actors or actress money uh, – Apple TV, before Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, they gave him $35 million for a movie called Emancipation. It's a big payday. DiCaprio got $30 million to do Scorsese's Killer of the Flower Moon. That's also an Apple movie, so Apple's paying big money. Uh, Brad Pitt's going to get $30 million for his next film, a NASCAR uh, racing movie. And Denzel Washington, $20 million for Equalizer 3. Now, in terms of females, Millie Bobby Brown got the biggest payday for any actress under the age of 21. Ten million for Amelia Holmes, equal number two. Good for her. Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed that original too. The first one, again, just a Netflix movie. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, you, when you know, give an actress 30, 35 million up front. Not the only time that. they used to do that is if they thought a movie was going to do a billion dollars worldwide. Right. And I mean, Apple did that for an, an Apple an Apple movie to pay Will Smith thirty five million dollars. It's like, holy smoke! Yeah, and it, she's all. Of of six, I think she's sixteen years old. Right? I don't. I don't think she's all sixteen years old. Uh, be. I told you though, she's going to have a heck of a career ahead of her. How much? I think the, who's the I think who's the, the most? Though, who's the world. biggest? Who's the biggest female star right now? Who would you pay the most of to any, watch? Of any, I, mean, listen, I, I think Margaret Robbie still is huge is, is a huge name in the industry. Um, Anne Hathaway's sort of been low key for a while now. Yeah, like her a lot. And even the comedians aren't. In I like guess the, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot I, I guess, would be a big name in the business. Like even the uh, the Melissa McCarthy's and I guess Sandra Bullock. I mean, she's Sandra in the, Bullock's still big. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, she's still big. That's interesting. All right. Um, any other movie I got news? One more, I got one more thing. Uh, uh, a report came out that says streaming uh, is now equates to uh, one third of all viewing of uh, people watching entertainment. It's a pretty, pretty sizable chunk. And the CEO of Netflix came out with a statement and said that he believes network television will go away within five to ten years. I think he's exaggerating that a bit. What do you think of that? It's gone away the last, I would say, three years of my life. I don't watch anything on network television. Okay, but here's I think, the thing. I think I think well, well, what's happening is the networks like NBC are in, in partnership with Universal, Peacock. They're just going to take what, what they air on the network and yeah. pop it into a streaming. I don't think they're just going to – I don't think they're going to go – I don't think they're going to go away. Obviously, they need other platforms to support the production uh, budget of their product. That's – is a fact. I agree with that 100%. But 
I mean, I don't how, want NBC, CBS, and ABC just go away. Do you? Yeah, but no, they won't. They're, they're just how like about, you said. How about how about how about bring me back some of uh, Battle of the Network stars? <laughs> yeah, what network? So Hulu versus Netflix? Yeah, it'll never happen. Yeah. Never happen. So but here's they, the thing, Chuck. Would, how many days of the week? Agree to it. How how many days of the week can you name? What's on Monday night CBS at eight o'clock? I uh, can't. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't even I couldn't name any show and what time it's on on any network on any day of the week. 60 minutes, seven o'clock on Sunday. That's the only thing I can name. Yeah, I right? know. I mean, I know the Chicago shows are on, uh, I believe, Wednesday on NBC. Oh, uh, yeah. Dude, uh, Grey's just... Anatomy is on Thursday at nine. The fact that you know that is mind boggling to me. I know. Well, here's the thing, though. Those, that the Grey's Anatomy in that slump time slot for how many years? 15 years now. That's the only reason you know More it. Than that. Yeah, yeah, true. So, you know, they, they never moved. So it was back in the day where we did memorize that kind of crap. There's no doubt about it. Chuck, uh, before we take a break here, why don't we uh, pick a movie from the past? We'll go back in time. Um, the summer, July 22nd of what year do you want to go back to? Let's and go don't to 74. Pick 74? Mm-hmm. All right. 1974. Wow, you're going way back. We just did... Uh, we just did that 77 year, right? The last, last week. That was a good, that was a good episode. Did you listen to that episode? I did. I liked it. I, I love listening to myself, by the way. <laughs> Nobody could tell. It's really odd. All right. 1974. I guess I was in theaters. I wonder if airport 75 came out in uh, July of 1974. No, probably not. Right. I was in this, the winter. I would think, Oh boy. Wow. You picked a good week. Well, at least the one big classic movie came out. Death wish July. 24th, 1974, Chuck. Did you see Death Wish in the theater? You were too young, I, right? No, I, I did not. No, I did not. I mean, listen, I mean, I, I know the history of Death Wish. Death Wish, when it came out in 74. Now, forget, this is before any of the sequels. This is the first Death Wish. Yes, this is and, it, the one and only. And, and, and I know Times Square in New York City was really bad and really run down. And crime rate was really high. And this movie really touched a nerve. Yeah, to the general public, it really yeah. did, and it was directed by Michael Winner, and starred Charles Bronson as Paul Kersey, and it was a fascinating movie, and it holds up well today, even though it is still exploitative to a point. Not like to see the sequels are much more exploitative, and um, Charles Bronson's mindset, the character Paul Kersey, from what he was started in this film to what he ends with, is really interesting stuff. To watch and this movie made a lot of money and solidified charles bronson and it, it launched him into a different phase of his career almost the same way obviously taken did with liam neeson but uh death wish was a staple movie in that year of 74 no doubt yep it was one of those event movies you had to see right and especially if you're in in new york city there's no doubt about it uh also released that weekend chuck the original gone in 60 seconds which I don't okay. really, I don't recall that at all. And then a, a James Coburn movie called um, The Internacine Project with Lee Grant, James Coburn. Uh, yeah, I don't, don't, think any, don't remember. I don't think anybody remembers those movies. But when Death Wish comes out, that's that's the big one. Um, here, 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 what, what's the one caveat between those movies you mentioned? The leading actor in those movies is all over the age of probably 50. You would think so. Although James Coburn always looked old on screen, right? He was, he's just like Lee Marvin. Those guys always looked old to me. Um, they probably weren't as old as we thought they were. There's no doubt yeah. about it. 
All right, Chuck, before we get to our surprise topic of the week, uh, let's do Fast Five. I give you five actors or actresses. You tell me the first movie that pops to mind. You ready to rock and roll? Let's do it. All right. Willem Dafoe is 67 years old this weekend, Chuck. Don't say Speed 2. No. I, mean, I guess I'll go with Spider-Man. I, I, he's had a really interesting career. Green Goblin you're going with. Yeah, I guess so. I would go Mississippi Burning to go I, way back. Yeah, he's really good in that film. Yeah. Here's a tough one. John Leguizamo. Don't say the happening. John Leguizamo. You know, you know what? I'm going to go with a movie that I know is flawed, but I, I somewhat dig it a lot. Is I like Summer Sam. I thought that script. I thought that script was really interesting. He takes two fictional characters, one played by Leguizamo, one played by Mia Savino as a couple. It's very R-rated. Very edgy, and he intertwines it in the summer of '78 with the, the the serial killings of of Summer Sam in Brooklyn, New York, and the Yankees winning the World Series. I, I just find it a really interesting movie, and I like him in that film. Yeah, I liked him in uh, the Assault on Precinct 13. I thought he was good. He, he always adds a yeah, good yeah. character depth to to those kind of movies, like he did an Executive Decision too. He's he in did that a film. season of ER. He did a season of ER too. He played an interesting character. He's a good actor. I mean, he's done a lot. He's done so much. Yeah, he does. He's one of the villains in Die Hard too. If you blink, you'll miss him. Um, in the in the second installment of the John McClane series. How about Danny Glover? I mean, this one's easy. It's Murtaugh, right? I yeah, know you're yeah. going to say Predator too, but. Here's the thing about him in Predator 2. You know, when he pops up in Predator 2, he looks young because in, in Lethal Weapon, they aged him a little with gray hair. And right. I thought he looked fantastic in Predator 2. I, I thought he did a really good job. I mean, a really good job as a lead in that film after Schwarzenegger didn't want to do it and come back as Dutch. You know, the one with Glover. And I, I thought it was a really nice choice. Um, I always dug him in that movie Grand Canyon um, with uh, yeah. the Lawrence oh, Cassidy yeah, yeah. movie. Yes, yes, yes. That was Steve Martin's in that film, right? Yes, yeah, Steve Martin, and Kevin, Kevin Klein. Klein. And, and he yeah. wore, and then, he wore, you know, he was in Witness. He was Witness. He played one of the villains. Yeah, he was a villain that, yeah. yeah. I just dug in Grand, Grand Canyon. He wore a oh, Mets hat, which was which was kind of nice, you know. He didn't yeah. have to wear a Mets hat. He wore a Mets hat. Um, yeah. Did you buy him as the president in 2012? That was, I mean. Sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, why not? <laughs> how about J-Lo, Chuck? Jennifer Lopez, who looks phenomenal for 53 years old this weekend. Um, she's got a new documentary out right now too. I remember seeing her. You know, got married. Oh yeah, did you hear? You might have heard of her husband. Um, you know, I read a stat that said every year she gets married the same the same uh, season. Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl. That's true. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Well, there's there's yeah. that. Um, we got it. I I remember seeing her for the first time in Money Train. The movie sucked, but I just remember seeing her saying, "Wow, this girl's gonna turn some heads." And then mm -hmm. out of sight, out of sight really is the one that. Yeah, out of sight, put her on the map. Listen, she she's one of those. I, I got to hand it to her. If you're just looking for, you know, fluff entertainment uh, that, that works as just entertainment. Most of her movies have been entertaining. Yeah. And they've had moderate success, most of them. I agree. Um, how about Woody Harrelson, Chuck? He is uh, 61 years old this weekend. Obviously. Made, made really, you know, jumped on the scene as uh, as uh, Woody back in the day. Uh, what movie though stands the out? Larry when you think Flint of... film. The Larry Flint film. Really? Yeah, I think he's really good, and I I like the subject matter in that film. I I think it's a really good movie. Yeah, I 
ooh, it's a tough call for me. I really liked him in Zombieland a lot. Um, I think that's a perfect role for him. I loved him in the True Detective series on HBO. That's that's season. Um, Natural Paul and Killers is flawed, but boy, he commands this the screen in that. Yeah, I don't like the movie though. Um, what about the second, or was it the War for the Planet of the Apes? He was actually pretty good in that too. He's very good. He's in the third one. He's very yeah. good in them. And, and he's a in 2012 as well, Chuck. I mean, he's a little wacky in that movie. You think? He's had listen. He's had a he's had a phenomenal career. Yeah, and and there's right? probably ten phenomenal. There's ten movies we're not thinking of that he was probably really good in. Um, Very good. He he, yeah. he um he's a good actor, like a really good actor. Yep, he's come a long way since Woody Boyd singing Kelly 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 Kelly, K E L L Y. Yep. And last but not least, um, he would have been, uh, 50, 55 years old. He died at the age of forty six. One of the great character actors of all time, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Chuck would have had a birthday this weekend. Um, obviously won an Oscar for Truman. I I, I think I think. I think um, I think Tom Cruise owes a lot to him because I think his turn as the villain in Mission Impossible Three really turned that franchise around in a huge way. He's great in that yeah, movie. He, he really is great is. in that movie. Like he is an awesome villain. He's one of the best villain villains in a film in the last twenty five years. That's how good he is in that film. He, I, still- I would have loved to see him. I would have loved to see him play the pen. I still got this before. I would have loved to see him play the penguin in the Chris Nolan Batman. Yeah. Boy, would that have been great. Even in his smaller parts when he was unknown, Chuck, he was so good. Remember, as Listen, the- when you watch him, you watch him in a movie like Patch Adams, right? Right. And it's, you know, he's playing a supporting character, but he's such a good actor. Stands out. He, ele- he elevates every scene that he's in with any other actor. He just, ele- and even a movie like Twister, which is, his yep. parts I was going to bring that up. Part. Yep. Basically a background. He's a background ensemble player. But when you watch him, when you watch him in that movie, you realize this guy is the wheels are turning in his head in a Absolutely. really good way. And, you know, and in a I, really good way. I would totally agree. He's got no reason to stand out in that movie whatsoever, no, but he does, but, but he, he does. Completely does. And, yep. and the same thing when he's in boogie nights, all-star cast, everything's mm-hmm. going, all these things going around the two scenes that he has with, uh, Dirk Diggler. Oh my gosh, you're incredible. And um, he's really good in the follow-up uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, Magnolia. Um, he's good in that. And I'll go back to nobody's fool when he's that he's the loser deputy. That's really the thorn in uh, Paul Newman's side in that small town. I mean, he's, he's got no business standing out against all these great actors and all these big movies, but he always did. And then he got his, he got his due and, and, and it's really a shame what we could have had. Chuck, I mean, he's only 55. He would have been 55 this week. I mean, that that's ridiculous. He died yeah, at the age of four, he died at the I age agree. of 46. All right, Chuck. Um, I brought up earlier in the uh, show that this is our 302nd episode. Now, what you may not know about Chuck and I is we go back um, to 1994, 93 ish. Uh, we ran a video store, all that kind. You might know that backstory, Chuck. What people might not know is that we had a radio show back in March of 1994. Explain to people where we made our debut. Wow. Uh, okay. Uh, it was, uh, there was a rate. Okay. Uh, we, I wanted to do a radio spot on film because I was, I started doing a, a daily spot that was five minutes long, but I wanted to expand it in my, in my mind, like do an hour. So uh, one of the affiliates that I, 
was on was a station called WALE in Rhode Island. And I found out that they sold airtime, meaning you could go to them with a viable product and say, I want to buy airtime on your station. And they would produce it and run it live. So I wanted to do it with a co-host. And I knew you knew about film. And I knew you really knew nothing about broadcasting. And I said, I could guide you. I could, I could yeah, give you tools. funny. Right. Yeah, and I sure. said, I had vision. Mm-hmm. I said, I thought this young kid had potential. Mm-hmm. And uh, so make a long story short. Well, you've got some I, revisionist history there. I, I, I got to give you credit. Relax. Okay. Relax. Have a seat. So I bought airtime on WALE in Rhode Island. And I had a, I lived in a condo. I still do. And uh, we had, had one phone line at the time call a phone company up, put another phone line in. And we did it at that time on two telephones. So we both, we both dialed into the studio. They put us, put us on the board and basically we did our thing. And I think the, the, the fee was a hundred and this was in the night, $150 for one hour. Right. And I remember I was paying it out of my own pocket. And then I said, you know what, let me try to get some advertising. So I picked up (laughs) the phone. I was a good salesperson. And I call some local businesses, and one was duck pin bowling. <laughs> duck pin bowling, Mike. So I remember. I pitched, the, I pitched him the idea. I said, "Would you like to buy a spot on a show for?" I think I sold it for like twenty-five bucks, and I got like five sponsors. Right? Uh, one was a pizzeria. One was a bolt with duck pin bowling, and yeah. uh, it was a few others. And it paid for most of the time. Uh, and I remember when we used to do a live read of duck pin bowling, we always laughed thought it was like what the hell is duck pin bowling yeah but uh I, I had a good time doing that and uh i and, and obviously you got the bug i guided you i remember saying one day i yeah. said mike do me a favor grab the back of my my belt i'm going to pull you along in terms of radio i'm going to teach you like captain lou albano with his greatest tag team wrestling right. uh, uh teams i gave you guidance i gave you tutelage i, I gave you education and look what you're on now. And here's how we know you're that welcome. story. Bye, here's bye, how we know that welcome. story. You're welcome. Here's how that how we know that story is not true because currently Chuck runs a smoothie shop, and yeah. I run one of the biggest Midwestern radio stations in the country. What does that so, mean? What does that so, mean? So, so there, I mean, that is a true story. Yeah, you're most of that, most of what he said was true. There. Do you remember though the first show we did? We did do from the the gold and silver shop above the, 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 the video store owners had, we did do it from the shop. Be careful, the office. The FBI after us. No, okay. I know. But okay. we, did, we did do it from the office before we moved to, uh, I didn't remember that. Yeah. And we did it in March of 1994. So I thought, wouldn't yeah. it be cool to talk about the movies that came out in March of 1984. And I was okay. surprised to see, we probably had a lot of good topics, Chuck, because there was a lot of movies. You know what was funny? I always remember they used to mail us a, 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 an audio cassette of the show, and it uh-huh. used to come in a Manila envelope. And I, I was like, that. Oh, I can't. and I'd put it in my car, and, and I li- and I li- and I listen. We did it. It was every Saturday at ten o'clock in the morning, right? Well, that first Saturday in March, uh, we yeah. would have talked about movies like Angie with Gina Davis, wow. the Chase. The Chase with Charlie Sheen and Christy Swanson. I remember that. Christy Swanson, right? Yep. Um, yep. China Moon with Ed Harris and Madeline Stowe. Mm-hmm. Right. How about Greedy with Michael J. Fox? And they all start cast Kirk Douglas in a goofy comedy. I don't and, remember that one. Yeah. And Sirens with Hugh Grant. And that was a big deal because that was L. McPherson and a lot of nudity with Sirens. But Hugh Grant came out the very next week with Four Weddings and a Funeral, which was a big yeah. hit. It was um, a very big I hit. think I liked it more than you did. It would end Correct. up being nominated for a 
Academy Award. Mm -hmm. Um, Guarding Tess comes out March 11th. We're both big fans of that movie. Yeah. Um, Shirley MacLaine and Nicolas Cage. Mm -hmm. Joel and Ethan Cohen's The Hudsucker Proxy, which, you know, if you're a fan of the movie makers, Paul Newman and Tim Robbins. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you remember Paul Hogan's Lightning Jack? I do. These are all March releases, a lot of March releases. Um, and we're only in the middle of it. That same a March, lot more product in the marketplace back then. Yeah, the ref came out. The Ted Demi, Dennis Leary Christmas which movie, a, which has a, a sizable cult following. That's a good movie too. It's funny. Yeah. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Um, also, the movie uh, Monkey Trouble, which I know it's in always been in your top ten list of favorite movies of all time. Who's um, in it? <laughs> nobody's in it. Um, I don't remember it. A monkey's in it. Um, but Naked oh, Gun God. 33 and a third, the final insult came out. Oh, in my Lord, that was funny. What a funny, that funny Oscar sequence is iconic. <laughs> One of the funniest sequences ever put on film, in my uh, opinion. It, it's great. You know, the same. Listen, I'd say that rival, that sequence rivals anything Mel Brooks has ever done. And I know Mel Brooks didn't do this movie, but it is funny, flat out funny. And the same day the paper was released, Chuck, and we're. That's an underrated Ron Howard movie. I, mean, we, I think we went to the theater to see it together at uh, Strat Mall. I agree. And and a good thing, maybe if we're from New York, maybe that helps. It takes place in one day. I love those kind of movies. And, and then you got Michael mm-hmm. Keaton and Glenn Close in the leads. Uh, there's some real good stuff in that film, Chuck. Uh, why do people forget about movies like this? Uh, I guess there's only so many movies one can watch, so many movies that gain a legacy. But that's a movie that really should be on a streaming network. It's very yeah, good. that could play today. Although newspapers is a lot different. I mean, but you know, it, Marissa, I was saying this to, uh, uh, to somebody the other day when I was, I was watching a trailer, Marissa told me, she's had a really good career. Yeah, she's she really has. Good. Yeah. Underrated yeah. career that, that get, she has had two different phases, but yeah, she has very impressive. Um, Above the Rim came out in March of, uh, 2000, uh, 1994 against D two Chuck. Gordon Bombay comes back for the Mighty Ducks. I think I saw that in a the theater. Above the Rim, is that Kevin Bacon? Uh, no, that was a different one. Uh, what the heck's the name of that one? That's where he goes to Africa. Yeah, at, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, this is different. Um, okay. Uh, my, any any uh, great memories of D2? Is, it jo- is uh, Joshua Jackson's in that one, right? Just, I, I, I believe he is. Just that I know I saw it in the theater. I enjoyed all those movies. Another sequel came out at the end of March, Chuck. Major League Two. I love the original. The second one stunk. I did not enjoy that movie at all. Um, yes, it misfired. They, they flip-flop all the character traits that like Charlie Sheen has in the first one. He's completely opposite in the second one. Same thing for uh, Dennis Haysbert's Serrano. It's just, it's a mess. Um, and then do, they would do a third one too, right? Back to the Miners with Scott Bakula. Um, yeah. And then the worst idea of all, look, if you can't get Wesley Snipes come back to play that legendary role. Don't recast Omar Epps in the same role. Just he gets traded. He's not on the team anymore. No, no, no. But in those days, I, they didn't care about stuff like that. Well, and 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 then and honestly, Wesley Snipes wasn't a huge hit yet. He wasn't a big star, so they figured they could replace him. Let's face it. Without Bob Euchre, I don't know how funny any of those movies are. Yeah. To be honest with you. And last but not least, also came out that uh, end of March. Not a big hit. But I remember the funny cameo at the end with Harrison Ford. Do you remember Jimmy Hollywood with Joe Pesci and Christian Slater? Yeah. It uh, 
it had a thirty not million a dollar budget. Not a lot of people do that. No, it had a thirty million dollar budget and only made three. Um, wow. It was direct, directed and written by Barry Levinson too. A lot of talent attached to it, and this was Pesci coming off of Goodfellas and yeah. and uh, and my cousin Vinny. This yeah. movie flat flat in its face, Chuck. But there is a funny cameo, Harrison Ford playing himself. That is really interesting about Joe Pesci. How you could have the big hits. And the big misses. He had some big. He had big. Even the uh, uh, what was it called? Uh, the tenant, the landlord. What was that? Oh, uh, the the super, like, the super, the super. Yeah. And I saw that a few times because I like Pesci. I saw that a few times in theaters. I knew I was watching this fire, but I just I don't know. Well, eight heads. Remember eight stuff. heads in a duffel bag. Yeah, I do. I do. And then uh, with honors, uh, yep. with Brendan Fraser and Brendan all that. Fraser yeah. And Joe, so, and Joe, Joe Pesci paid a homeless guy. Yep. <laughs> so that was March of 1994. So we probably had some good shows back then, Chuck. There was a lot I of. Gotta, I got to try to find one of those older video cassettes and play it. Well, it wasn't on video, right? It was on a. Not video, audio cassette. Audio cassette, yeah. right. It was an audio cassette um, yeah. back in 1994. We've but come again, a long I way. Just want, I just want to state you're welcome. <laughs> I owe all to not you, but, you know, we did a lot of good stuff together. I wish I would have took you along the way with me. I mean, uh, you see, you know, you're you're still in Stroudsburg, but that's okay. That's okay. Hey, you run a movie theater kind of too, right? I I do, and I I still do a radio spot. Uh, three decades in, uh, national spot, Mike, and um, so I'm okay with that. I'm at peace where I am. <laughs> you should you should be very proud. That's all I'll say. You should be very okay. proud. You've come a long way. We we know the trials and tribulations Listen, you've come. You've gone it's through life is a work in progress. I, I'm trying now again, before we wrap it up, there's two massive redemption stories in the last few years. Oh, here we go. Negan, Negan on the walking dead and myself. Very proud of myself. I am uh, redeeming. And and the walking dead is still on, right? Still By the way, on. you know, at comic-con, I forgot to announce, they announced that they are going to, instead of doing the Rick Grimes movies, they're going to do six episode, uh, Rick and Michonne, limited series but entertainment weekly is reporting that it will be an ongoing series it's just going to start with six episodes very wow. exciting and then you got you got a you got a maggie negan spinoff oh and then you got some... spinoff, and then you got tales of the walking dead oh my so god the original show is ending but it is really just beginning um let me ask you this um yeah. is the sheriff still on <laughs> that, that is show? Rick. yeah that's rick he is okay i just wanted to make sure yeah. Um, all right. Well, well maybe we'll when, do a you whole start binge, when you start waking up and getting your daughter and binge watching The Walking Dead from beginning to end, I'm serious. Then you'll know what life's about. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think. Although we Why did not? both. We both enjoyed Stranger Things. She's just not a zombie girl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she'll, you'll see. You'll see. All right, Chuck. We'll do this all over again next week. Always great talking to you. Here's to a 300 more episodes. Uh, okay, I'm a little, I'm a little bit burned out, but we'll see what happens. To much the audience, like the, thank you very much for listening. You're a lot like Jamie Lee Curtis in the Halloween series. I'm trying not to be, but <laughs> it is what it is. All right, pal. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts.
podcast by Federated Media.